My name is Alan, and uh, it's my privilege to share with you the good news as we continue our series, God and Creation, and uh, the Creator and the Creation. And so today, uh, I want to tell you part two, image bearers, part two. Last week, Kirk sort of launched us into the concept of image bearers and the work of God. And uh, so today, I want to talk to you under the thought with Restoring the image of God, hope lives. Restoring the image of God, hope lives. Now, just a little bit of background. Uh, just some, like, follow, looking backward uh, at where we've been. A couple of quotes from last week that will sort of align us, get our thoughts headed in the right direction this morning. Last week, Kurt was talking about how we discover the identity of God in us. And he, and he said this, our identity must be found in the creator, not creation. Not accolades or affluence or poverty, not work or political affiliation. And uh, he says, the list goes on and on. God must be the truest thing about me. God must be the truest thing about me. The highest, the highest engagement of who I am comes from who God says I am. So we just need to hold on to that and just wrestle with that. The second quote is simply this. When I find my identity as an image bearer, I must, be, I must live from that reality and care for the people around me regardless of what they believe or how they find their identity. Today, I want to continue uh, thinking about what it means to be image bearers. Last week, Kurt talked about this a little bit. As image bearers, we're co-laborers and we're caretakers. We're co-laborers and we're caretakers. But we are also those who carry the hope of restoration, renewal, invigoration. And so we carry the good news of God's great love. So today I want to take us back to Genesis. We're going back to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. The calling and the invitation of Abram. And so if you have your smartphone, if you have your pad, uh, if you have whatever you need, your Bible, uh, open it up to Genesis 12, 1 through 9, or you can just follow me along on the screen reading from the New International Version. It says this, The Lord had said to, Abraham, uh, to Abram, uh, let me just pause for a second, the Lord had said, the indication in this text is that he's already talked to Abram once. The end of chapter 11, Abram has already made alignment and association with regard to his allegiances and his engagements. You see, if we pay attention to the story, we get insight into the way that God speaks to us. God spoke to Abram just like he speaks to us. You ever been dropped in on an idea from God that gets your attention? Get your attention. We're going to unpack what the idea was. And have you ever needed a follow-up? Like multiple follow-ups. You, you thought you heard something. You thought God was speaking to you. There's this notion. There's this notion in 
in spiritual formation. And there's these wonderful people called spiritual directors who walk with you to help you discover the voice of God in familiar ways over a long distance in your life. You see, the interesting thing that anything God speaks to us, He regularly speaks to us repetitively. Right? Right? He, he, he just loves us enough to not say it once, but He says it again and again and again and again and again. And this is the work that God is doing with Abram. He's already spoken to him at the end of chapter 11 saying, hey, pay attention I want you to move, and Abram's already moved once. And here comes the second invitation. I've, the Lord has said to Abram, listen, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now, just pause again. Here, here you go. If you're Abram, aren't you asking, well, couldn't you be a little clearer? Right, right. Go. Go to the place I'll show you. Couldn't you just help me out? Like, tell me north or south or east or west. Tell me how far. At least give me the first letter of the city you're calling me to or the region that you're calling. Couldn't you just help me out a little bit? See, but instead, God just sort of leaves him hanging. But he does continue the conversation. And he says, God says, he's letting us in on what God says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran and he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan and arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the side of the great tree of Marah at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills of the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward Mizraim. The reason I included that whole text is simply this. The thing that we're going to talk about today with regard to being bearers of hope is not a one-segment journey. It's not just one segment. There's this lifelong invitation for God to speak to us and to continue to speak to us. And if you read that text, you saw already several places where his obedience led him to the next place and to the next place and to the next place and to the next place. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, sound familiar? Okay. It's one of the reasons that if you go uh, through some materials that we talk about who we are, uh, that we say that God has called us to be a people who never checks the box done. Right? You know, we're here. Done. No, 
there's always this continuing invitation to have our hearts and our mind, our eyes and our ears open to God saying, would you be willing to go? And so today I'm going to unpack three thoughts about this text that I think you've already experienced, most likely. If not, it's a way to think about how God might speak to you and what he might invite you to do. And so as we talk through the process, the first question I want to uh, talk about is simply the invitation. What was the invitation in the text? It was a really simple invitation. Go. Go. Just go. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land. I will show you another way to say it is go. Leave. Leave your country. Leave your people and your father's household to the land. I will show you. Go. Now, when we think about going, we think about all the things we let go. But when we think about going, we also think about all the opportunities that will come our way. You know, in transition, um, having the privilege of being the founding pastor of this church uh, 24 years ago almost, we're getting there. When I transitioned away from being the lead pastor here, do you know what I understood about transition? I understood about the fact that I had to let a lot of things go. I'm still here, I still work here, I still love it here, I hope. I hope that God gives me the privilege of being an old man. And I'm just pointing over there because that's where I regularly sit. I, I, I hope that I get the privilege of being just a really old man. And sitting right there. On a continued journey of saying yes to all that God would do. So to do that, you've got to let go of stuff, right? I don't make the decisions anymore. Thank goodness. And so when you pray for Kurt, when you pray for Kurt, can I tell you, I can tell you this from experience. There's a weight that's born by the lead pastor that is very difficult to understand unless you bear the weight. I don't bear the weight anymore, but I know what it's like. And so whenever you think about praying for Kurt and you want to know how to pray for him, pray that God would strengthen him to carry the weight of his calling. So there's this, there's this notion, there's this notion that we're at work and we have to leave and we have to let go. But the second thing that I know is you can't let go of enough to move into your future. It's not just about letting go. Because the purpose of letting go is to empty your hands, to open your eyes, to expand your heart and your passion so that you're willing to step in to the next invitation of God. So the invitation of God is go. Let go of everything you've known till now, but open your hands, your eyes, your ears, your heart, your passion for the very next thing I will give you. If you've lived very long at all in following Jesus, you've been through this, you know this. He calls you to let go of something so that you can take hold of something else to which He has invited you. Just let me reflect. 
in thinking about the book of beginnings, this is the third time. This is the third time that God has spoken about his intentions for humanity. And it, and it goes like this. In Genesis 1, 27 and 28, in creation, it says we're created in God's image, male and female. And he simply says, be fruitful and multiply. And off we go. Right? Go. There's, there's this leave. Go. Go be a part of this. Go engage. And then there's a second new beginning in Genesis chapter 9. It's uh, known as the Great Flood. And um, Noah is the part of that. And at the very end of that statement in, in Noah, uh, Noah's journey in Genesis 9-7, again you hear a refrain that you've already heard and it is familiar. And it simply says, created in God's image, be fruitful and multiply. Go, multiply. And now you get to Genesis chapter 12 in terms of uh, where we are. And the, the encouragement is simply the same thing. Go. Go. And now it says something different. I will bless you and I will make your name great. You will bless the nations of the earth. And this is the third appearance of God's ongoing engagement with humanity, which is go, go. So the through line, the through line of God's collaboration with humanity is consistently revealed in the story of God's people. In the story of God's people. We are image bearers. We are co-laborers. We are Caretakers. And today I'm going to present the, the notion that we are also image restorers wherever we go and whatever we do. If you want to go back and read Genesis and read it in a helpful way, this will be helpful to you. It's a little bit boring. How many of you like genealogies? Like in the Bible, you read, you read, you, okay, so, we like the genealogies that include us, right? Like, if it's about us, if it's about us, we want to know everything there is. Well, let me tell you, every time there's a genealogy in the book of Genesis, it's, a, it's an invitation from the author to say, stop, look, pay attention, I'm getting ready to show you something new. It's just the, that, that, genealogies are the ongoing stories of the people of God and his engagement with them to say, Pay attention to the characters. Now, what you understand about genealogies is not everybody gets included. Right? So the people who are listed in genealogies, in genealogies are the pay attention to these people and the work of God through them because in and through them, you're going to see the trajectory of the collaborative work of God engaged. Right? So when you look at that, you get to see these people's names. And so from now on, whenever you read genealogies, in the Bible, you read them for the purpose of saying, pay attention, God's getting ready to tell me something about what he's doing in the world through his great love. It sort of reframes. Instead of saying, oh, how fast can I read it? Oh, do, I, do I have to read it? Skip, skim through it. I mean, you, you don't have to pause on every name. But just take it as a marker. God's getting ready to speak. Pay attention. And so as we pay attention, the issue is go. Well, let me say it this way, and I'm going to move on to the next point, which is simply this. Go is the regular invitation of God. 
Go and join me in my work. So before we move on to the next thing, going means letting go, but going also means empty hands, open hearts, creativity and passion for us to take our next step, which brings us to when we are sent by God, there's always a promise. When God sends us, there's always a promise. And the promise is this. Go, I'll go with you. Go, I'll go with you. Just listen again. I'm going to read the text again. Listen again with this backdrop. This is the promise of God to do what He says He will do. Now listen. I will make you increase. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And that's a little bit of a hard one, so think of it this way. I will protect you from those who curse you, desiring to bring you down. That's what that actually really sort of speaks to us. I will protect you from those who would curse you, who desire to bring you down. All peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Go, I'm with you. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. This is the place where later on in the Old Testament, talking about the promises of God, it says, the zeal of the Lord will perform this. This is the same promise. This is the work of God, His unrelenting, chasing us down with mercy and goodness forever. It is His work. He doesn't grow tired of, of being faithful to the promises that He has made. Can I just ask you the question, where has God spoken to you, I will? We've already said a couple, I will be faithful. I will be faithful. This is the second, I will be with you always. Here's another one. I love you. Do you realize God's not changing his mind on that? No matter what you do, his mind does not change about his love for you. Phrased in a different way, if I could tell you who it was that said it, I would tell you, but I can't remember who it was, and this is not in my notes. God cannot love you more than he already does. And he will not love you less. This is, you should just feel a wave of relief. Just a, a wave of relief because the promise of God is that he will go with us. question 
that I ask is simply this. How will we respond? How will we respond? That's the question. Go, I'll go with you. How will we respond? I want to suggest to you that there's one good answer. There are multiple answers, but there is one really good answer. And the right reply or the appropriate reply to the question of how will we respond is simply this. Obedience is the appropriate response to the invitation of God. Go back to the text, verse 1 and verse 4. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Verse 4a, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. Abram went as the Lord had told him. This week as I was preparing for this opportunity. Um, it was just really clear to me that there's this through line of the goodness of God. And there was a really clear connection that that is at work in me. And so I wanted to share that connection with you because ever read the Old Testament and thought, man, that was so long ago, so far ago. It's talking about people that are really so strange and different than we are. I don't know that there's any connection. And the through line is simply this. I want to close the gap. Because sometimes it's a whole lot easier for us to think about Jesus. I mean, it really is. Like, like you ever thought, why do we need the Old Testament? We've got Jesus. Could, could we? Well, the clarity of the Old Testament is simply that it's constantly, ongoingly pointing us to the ongoing work of God's collaborative love with humanity that finds its way into culmination of Jesus, the one who is made known to us, the one who, in Eugene Peterson's words, moves into the neighborhood so that we can know who he is and declare the goodness and the glory of God. And so if you say, man, I don't know about this Abram thing. It was to him and for him. And I want to say it was. It was. But read it clearly because it says... Through you, Abram, I will bless the nations. I will bless all the peoples of the earth. And so to close the gap, I just want to make it really clear. Matthew 28, Jesus says, the very last words that he speaks to us, Jesus says, the 11 disciples were gathered on the mountain of Galilee where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, listen, listen now, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you to hear it. And surely I am with you always to the end of of the age. Do you hear the invitation of Jesus? The invitation of Jesus is go. 
And while you are on your way going, in all these multiple places you might stop along the way, led by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I'm going to speak to you, and as you go, you're going to speak about me and the good and great and glorious things I'm doing because you're going to share with them what I've done in you. You're going to teach, and you're going to baptize, and you're going to pray, and you're going to uh, live obediently. And then he says, and all this authority that I've given to you, that's been given to me, I'm going to go with you always, and I will never leave you alone even to the end of the age. And however you think about that, the end of the age is the consummation of good gift of God in all things. The best way to take you there is Revelation 21. When you jump there, that's the end of the age, the consummation of the work of God that brings us into new heaven, new earth, and all the good work that he's doing. But the invitation simply is this. We are those who have been encouraged by Abram, but who've also been encouraged by Jesus. Go. I'm with you. My work is going through you. Now, how do we bear the image of God and where do we get to practice, right? Well, it begins right here. The first thing we do is we get to practice this great work of image bearing in this community. Look around. Look around. There's, there's not too many scary people in here. Maybe just me. Maybe I'm the only scary person in the room. But as you look around, we're reminded that the good work of God in obedience is lived out in this community. And so as we live it out in this community, Andy Crouch says, our image bearing and image restoring calling cannot happen without the church, without each other. You're looking at our practice. This is our practice opportunity, right? Our practice opportunity to have an engagement with people who are of like mind, who are searching, who are looking for answers, who are exploring Jesus, who are trying to figure their life out. And we're called to this way of seeing ourselves and one another as made in the image of God. So when we run smack dab head into each other around the curve, I, I watched myself avoid uh, fast little bodies running around the corners here. Like avoiding collisions. But you know what? We can't always avoid the collision. But what, what Abram is telling us, what God is telling us about bearing the image, what this good work of Jesus is all about is what we do when we collide. Right? What we do when we collide. How we treat one another. If I bear the image of God and you bear the image of God, then what I want to give to you is what I want given to me. Do you hear Jesus? Love God passionately with everything you got. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I know this, whenever I run into somebody, whenever I run into somebody and I'm the faulty person, do you know what I want? I want grace. <gasps> I'm sorry. I don't want you to punch me in the nose. I want you to say, oh, man, I want grace. Right? And this is the work of God in the community in which we're invited to live. Dallas Willard gets even clearer about this as to why we can't do it without each other in this community. He says, church is designed for people who disagree to live together and to learn to love one. 
<laughs> Man, that, that's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. We can disagree and learn to love one another. That's what this is about. But then we continue. Andy, Andy Crouch says simply this. Our distinctive calling as Christians is not just to till and keep the world as image bearers, Listen, but to actively seek out the places where that image has been lost to our place, our, uh, has been lost to place ourselves at particular risk on behalf of the victims of idolatry and injustice. Now you begin to get the purposes of what God wants us to do. It's not just to till and keep the world as image bearers, but it's to go to the places where. The grace of God needs to be evident. And we are the ones who bear that evidence. So, as I close today, I just want to say, the world you live in is contentious. Contentious. Yeah, that one good. Adversarial. Challenging. And we are those who, with grace, go to the places God has called us. Go to the land I will show you. If you keep reading about that land as they give descriptions about it, it's fruitful, it's multiplying, it's peaceful, the rule of God and man is present there. But it's a hard-fought path to find that direction. It's the same for us, my friends. It is the same for us. And so the question and invitation remains, follow me. The promise hasn't changed. I'll go with you. Simply my presence and my power will go with you. The question to be answered is, will we go? The question to be answered is, will you go? For us to navigate our way, I'm going to remind you of one of Kurt's favorite phrases. Saying yes to the invitation of God always requires humility. Always requires humility. A willingness to seriously consider God's invitation, which in turn creates the space necessary for us to let go of our plan say yes to join God in his invitation to participate in his plans. Kurt gave us this reminder last week and I close with this. In a world that strips our image, we must gently remember and remind one another we are God's. We belong to him. We are in a world that creates labels for our image, we must gently remember and remind one another we belong to God. The invitation is go. The promise is I'll go with you. The question remains, what will we do? Will you go with us? 
This is, this is the beauty of the work of God, his collaboration with humanity. He's chosen. He doesn't want to do it without us. He, he's already said, I don't, I don't want to do it without you. So today, as I close, I just want you to stand. I'm going to close with this, simply the words of Jesus. One of the translations in Matthew 28 talks about, that's talking about going. When we think about callings, we regularly think about specificity. We try to narrow it down to a particular engagement. Am I called to be X, Y, or Z? You know, What does that look like? And I just want to tell you, that is way too narrow. Like, like it, okay, I'm not against calling. I, I had this idea that God invited me to join him and become a pastor, and you have all kinds of ideas, but that looks like being teachers and lawyers and dentists and doctors and coaches. And, you know, I mean, if I start naming, then I have to try to name everything. I can't name everything. But let your imagination go because God's calling you to specificity with regard to that is real. Like you, you find your way there, whatever that is. But additionally, when you look at Matthew 28, what Jesus is saying in the, in the grandest sense of the word is this. And it goes, as you are on your way in this world. That's it. As you are on your way in this world, go. And do all the things I ask you to do. Be a lighthouse of love and grace and mercy and kindness. Be those who point others to Jesus. So wherever you go and whatever you do, wherever your journey takes you, opens up a grand horizon that where you go, God goes with you and his light shines through you and his good work and calling being done in you and through you. Go. I'm with you all the way. Are you up for the journey? Are you up for the journey? That's what I want to invite us to. What if God just energized us with being up for the journey? Whatever it is, go. Go to that place you don't know yet. Go. Be a church for the city. Go. Specificity. Partner together to plant a bilingual church. Go. That's how, that's how Kevin and the team got here. God said go. And they responded yes. How, how do we do that? How do we do that? So I have, a, I have this idea that God is speaking to some of you about this going I specifically want to pray for you today. That God would give you grace just to let go of some things to create the space for you to say yes to other things with great zeal, with great faithfulness. So if um, that's you, there's this sense of going, we're going to turn this ministry time right now.
you know, everybody was hard, right? Uh, if that res any resonate with you, going, 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 just hold your hand up, keep it up, all right, all right. If your hand is not in the air, you are duly authorized. This is duly authorized. Your go today is to be one of the people who stands with these with their hands in the air. So keep your hand in the air until somebody is standing with you next to you to pray. So go now, begin to move, look for a hand in the air, look for a hand in the air. This is what we do, this is who we are. Don't let anybody stand without somebody going next to them. Yeah, yeah. See, see, here's the deal. Somebody has their hands up and another has their hands up. You can link up together and pray for each other. That works. That works, right? Right? I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing. All right, once somebody's with you, you can put your hand down. If you have spiritual life so you don't have to hold it up. Pray, O oh God, that your great peace will come now. That the assurance of your promise, perhaps even the thing that has held us back, if we weren't certain, you would go with us. Would you affirm your presence? You will go with us and we will not go alone. Or as I'm praying, I'm just thinking about geography because there's, I know there's likely geography involved in some of the thought processes. Will you remind us that if geography changes, when we get there, we won't be alone because you'll be with us. But when we get there, there's also another community of those who love you that we can engage and connect with. So would you just comfort now those who are being challenged with geography? That you'll go with us. So Lord, today release our minds, our hearts, our tongues to say yes to you and to follow you in this next step, knowing that we're not alone. And just for if you're receiving prayer, just receive that. And if you're praying for others, I, I know that God's speaking to you as well. So just pray with them, perhaps in the way that God has uh, identified some encouragement, some engagement. And uh, I just want to say, if you need prayer for anything else, feel free to come down to the front. We'll, we'll find ways to pray for you down front. I want to close with just a word of blessing. I bless you now as the people of God, loved by Him and deeply known. Wherever you go, whatever you do, may you live in the life of the love of Jesus because His face is upon you. And in his gaze, be reminded, you are loved. And he delights in you. You're loved. 
are now in this peace and in this presence, receiving his love. And so we see you again in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you.